Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, as this show would not be possible if it wasn't for them. Millie and Ma, the stylish and unique all-Australian gift boxes. Their ranges include corporates, him and her, babies, or you can design your own. Catch them today at www.millieandma.com.au. That's www.millieandma.com.au. And last but not least, RetroJet Prints. At RetroJet, they create unique, high-quality, retro-inspired artwork that's affordable. Designed by them for you to suit any setting. Find them today at RetroJet Prints on Instagram or Facebook. And now, let's start the episode. Prelim final weekend, done and dusted. What an absolute anti-climax, I think is probably the best way to sum up the prelims over the weekend. Although if you're a Melbourne and Bulldog supporter, you probably wouldn't be saying that. But geez, they were two very one, probably the two of the most one-sided prelims you'll ever see. And um, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it though. But the the performances of those two teams were quite incredible as well. I think to say that they they were incredible was almost an understatement. They were that good. It was um, something we haven't quite seen before. And I said last week a couple of times how the prelim final weekend is the purest weekend of football you see, and it just didn't really live up to that at all, did it? It was such a one sided affair for both games. But like you said, if you're a Melbourne or Bulldogs fan, you'll be over the moon at the moment and really looking forward to what is shaping up to be one of the better grand finals we've had in a few years. Absolutely, I think I think it's the grand final we all kind of wanted anyway. I think Melbourne and Bulldogs. It would have been nice to have it at the MCG in front of a packed stadium, but um, I'm sure that they'll do a great job in Perth. But yeah, geez, Melbourne especially on, on Friday night for mine were unbelievable. I think that's probably the the best performance I've seen a team do ever. To be honest, it was that good. Like I was in complete awe um, and shock with what they produced. Um, and then the Bulldogs said, "Hold my beer." They uh, pretty much matched them the 24 hours later. That is a huge call to say that that's the best performance you've seen ever because there's been some uh, absolute rippers. As we it was all just know, the way they no, just completely dominated and Geelong were powerless. Oh, and they, they just were, they absolutely tore do, into shreds. They couldn't do anything. And whether that's because you know they didn't change anything in the coach's box, I didn't see any game plan try to change to limit Melbourne's influence or whether that was because they, uh, they had six players that came out as being uh, a little bit sick, a bit under the weather a couple of days before, and you know then they tried to claim it wasn't an excuse. Well, why say it? But I don't know. I don't know what it was, but yeah, both sides just, they looked so hungry, and they sat one and two in the ladder most of the year anyway, so it was almost the expected grand final, but like you said, I do agree. I think we all sort of, for all mutual fans anyway, I think this is the grand final we all wanted to see. Yeah, I think the, the positive to come out of, both games being absolute thumpings is it's going to create an, a massive grand final and I think it's going to be very tight. I can't see the grand final being a whitewash like the prelims were. So I think as dominant as Melbourne were and as dominant as the Bulldogs were, it's going to combine to create one great game come grand final day in two weeks, which is a bit different. But yeah, that was, that was unbelievable. Um, top two sides for most of the year as well, Melbourne and the Dogs. Um, and they played in some great games. The two games that they played in during the season as well were um, highly anticipated, and they, they went one each as well during the year. So it's going to it's set up for a great grand final. There's really nothing 
you know, tearing them apart. I mean, after the Melbourne game, like you said, you look at the te- you look at the games and you go, I don't think it matters who win. No one's knocking Melbourne off. But then to see Bulldogs go over to Adelaide and beat Port by seventy odd points, it's crazy. It's just, it? You just don't it's see ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. And on the other side of that, Port Adelaide have got some questions. That's two home prelims in a row now that they've lost. Going back to those old choker days from the early two thousands. Yeah, exactly. So something's going to be looked at there, I think, because you, home prelims are hard to are hard to earn. So all credit to them for getting there, but then to lose two in a row is a well for me, it's a serious problem. Definitely, absolutely, and it's the, the manner and what they you, they, you know they could they could be forgiven for last year's loss. They lost you know to Richmond, the great Richmond team over the last few years, and then this year thumped absolutely thumped by the Bulldogs, who have been on the road for the last month. Travelling here and there, I didn't, they didn't even get a captain's run the day before the game. To lose like that was was very concerning. They're the sort of performances can that can ruin a club, you know, in the short term as well, and and really ruin some careers. Absolutely, it can be very damaging. And I mean, you want you talked about the Richmond game. The difference with that one, I think, was it came down to a kick. It was only six points between the two teams, and controversially, there's a free kick given to Kane Lambert that you know saw us hit the front. In that game. So, you know, it could have really gone either way. But this one here was so one-sided. And you just think... You think they would have been a little bit hungrier than that, especially after what happened last year and so narrowly missing out in the grand final. And this was really their big chance. And, yeah, to go down by 70-odd points was... Uh, oh, disappointing is probably an understatement. But yeah, absolutely. Well, where to here now from Port... Like, I don't even know what I just said. I completely butchered that. Where to here for Port... I think Port is still going to give it a crack next year. I don't think this is the end for them. I still think like, they've got a couple of older players, but a lot of their list is still relatively young as well if you look at some of their guns. Um, so I think they'll be all right. I don't know if this is the end. Maybe They're they pretty young. They're pretty young. I think they might not make a prelim next year. Who knows? But I think they'll still be all right, and they'll probably they'll come back pretty strong next year, I'd say. And can, he, can Inkley's safe after the weekend? I mean... It's a tough one. I think it will t- be. It's tough to get rid of a coach that's made two prelims in a row. I mm-hmm. mean, you're so close. I mean, I mean, the margin wasn't close, but the fact that you're in a prelim, you're so close to the big dance. It's, I don't know. It'd be very stiff, I think, for them to get rid of him. Next year's going to be massive for him. If I they think, if they, yeah. if they don't it's almost, succeed or... It's almost or, premiership or bust next year for, for Port, to be well, honest, for, for Ken Hinckley anyway. He's what, been there eight, nine years now. He's been there for a while. What Do you think if they make the grand final but lose, he'd be safe? Yeah, I mean, it, it probably depends on how they go in it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, if it's a close game. Yeah, but I think it's huge. Like they've, they've got him there. Yeah, they've had multiple opportunities to make a grand final and win a premiership, and they just haven't. They just have. They haven't gotten past that prelim stage. Um, so and they've got the names. They've got. They've got absolutely. They've got the names. They've got some real young superstars as well. So that this was a great opportunity for them. I don't think they would have. They could have gotten a better opportunity than what they had on the weekend. No, that's it. And I think we'll cover their draft picks, or not draft picks, the trades that they made in the offseason have been big all year in terms of Alia Alia and Fantasia. And both of those boys, I thought, were quite fairly quiet on the weekend. Yeah, and Bulldogs. I mean, that's credit. has stopped Alia. Yeah, as I say, that's credit, I think, to the Bulldogs and Josh Shackey in particular that really shut down Alia and limited his influence. And then Fantasia just couldn't get a sniff up forward. And that's the same for Robbie Gray, um, Connor Rosie up there as well. Charlie Dixon didn't have a lot of it. it I mean, none of them did really. So it's just... Credit to the Bulldogs just for keeping these big names so quiet. I think Ollie Wines is probably the only one that really impressed me from Port Adelaide. He's been good all season, no matter and, and what. And Travis Boak, I should yeah. say. But, I mean, you expect that from those two. Yeah. You don't expect anything less. They're, they're champions of the game. So Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about a couple of individuals, probably the two most dominant performances over the weekend, and they were 
Max Gorn on Friday night and Bailey Smith on Saturday night. Like These two players, they've had an unbelievable final series already. Um, they both had fantastic seasons. Max Gorn in particular is all-Australian ruckman and the captain and he's the captain of the Ds and he could be holding that Premiership Cup the loft in a couple of weeks' time and he'll go down as a Melbourne legend and the king of that club if he can bring home the premiership. And the way he played on the weekend was the best individual game you'll see from a Ruckman ever, I think. That I, was that I was incredible. One better than that. And one of the best individual prelim games you'll ever see as well. And I mean I think regardless of premiership or not, in two weeks' time, he, he goes down is equally as regarded or if not even higher more highly regarded than Jim Steins in terms of Ruckman oh, at Melbourne. And that's a there. massive call because yep. we all know what Jim Steins was for Melbourne and the game of AFL. So that is huge, but you're right. He put on an absolute clinic in that prelim, and I mean, my best mate Mason Cox tweeted, "Welcome to um, welcome to prelim folklore." But mm. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm a salty Mason Cox um, hater, but I think Gorn's trumps Cox's yeah, performance by definitely. by a long shot. And I spoke to you before recording. It's more because of how how dynamic it was. It wasn't Mason Cox was dominant out of the goal squared, took big marks, went back, kicked him. But Gorn was dominant all over the ground and kicked five. So yeah. I think his performance trumped it for sure. He but was doing things you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing. Not at that height. No. Not at that height. If you saw someone like Petrarca or Clayton Oliver do it, you'd say, okay, mm. that's reasonable. Mm. But not for, not for someone Max Gorn's size. And, um, well, I mean, I'd say ability, but, I mean, you just expect great things from him now, don't we? Yeah. I just could, I couldn't believe what I was watching, to be honest. It was crazy. I mean, he, the goals he was kicking that... That um that snap around the corner from forty five and then the the big bomb from fifty five on the run and then taking it out of the ruck contest and snapping it around the body that's not what Dusty does, isn't it? And that's what Dusty was doing last final series and the final series before that. So it's crazy to see a big ruckman do it and um yeah as I said before if he can if he can lead Melbourne to their first premiership in fifty seven years he's going to be he'll be up there with with the greats of that club and. If he isn't already, he'll be regarded as one of the best to ever play for him. And that's huge for a club that – the oldest club in the AFL as well. Oh, so. 100%. And they've been so starved for success. And the Gorm was there in some of the trying times, um, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, these individual individual performances in finals, like, you know, you mentioned Dusty, but there's, when you see these players have these performances in finals, it really is special and it's something not to take for granted, I think. And that one, like you said, Gorn snapped from 45 out. I mean, he took the mark and – we all saw him play on. I think everyone was thinking, what are you doing? Don't, don't. And then he just snapped it from 45, went through. And you, I, I mean, look, I didn't predict that he'd have the rest of the game that he did. But I think on then I'm like, he's on tonight. He's, like, mm. he's going to have a good night regardless of what happens. And then to see him do what he did was really special. Four in the third quarter. <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous what he was doing. So it was great to watch. Um, I think probably up there with on par or maybe slightly better than, than Cooter's performance against the Bombers in 99 in that prelim. Well, I've only, all I've heard is what you told me, so I can't actually say from first-hand experience, but I've heard some incredible things. Go back, watch the game. He was incredible, Kuda, that, that day. He, he tore Essendon's heart out. I heard he had about 200 fantasy points in one quarter. Yeah, in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Anyway, um, so I think, yeah, Max is right up there with that sort of performance, and that, that, that is huge. So, um, yeah, if he can lift that cup up next week um, with Simon Goodwin, they'll, uh, they'll go down in folklore. So, um, But the other... Great individual performance from the weekend as well was Bailey Smith. He backed up his great game against the Lions the week before and four goals and we have 30 oppositions again. Like he's he's a freak as well. He's, the people are calling him the next next face of the AFL, the next Dusty, isn't he? 
Well, that's it. And I mean, he's 20. Mm. He's doing it younger than what Dusty was. I mean, Dusty was good, not lying, but he didn't play finals as well, Dustin Martin, to be fair to him. But Baz Lenker or Bailey Smith, whatever you want to call him, is coming to this side and he's just lifted for the big occasions. Kicked three last week, had about 25-odd touches. Like you said, kicked four this week again. So he's just... He's been consistent. He's done it, you know, two weeks in a row now. And he's one of my favourites of the Norm Smith heading into the grand final. And I just think he's got that much confidence behind him in his own ability. Um, and then I think the fact that, you know, he's a bit of a cult figure from just the AFL in general, not just even Bulldog supporters, probably gives him a bit more of a lift as well. Yeah, he's he's incredible, incredible athlete as well. Um, one of the one of my more professional players in the competition. Um and yeah, he's just he's just great to watch. He's just hard at it, he's a hard runner, and obviously he looks pretty good as well which I'm sure the ladies agree with. And, um, and some of the boys out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I, I mean, I, I love him. I, I'm, yeah, he, if I, yeah, if I swung that way, I'd, I'd absolutely have a crack, I reckon. So well, I'm, I'm tempted to now, and I don't. <laughs> but let me tell you, for someone that's quite follically challenged like me, that hair, that hair <laughs> that he's got does things to me as well. So it's a he's, serious mane. Oh, it? mate, he's, an, yeah, he's, he's unbelievable all around, I think, Bailey Smith. And even he's like... I mean, we don't talk about this much on the podcast, but players' personalities, I think, is something that we don't, we, people take for granted as well. I mean, you get some blokes that aren't, you know, they're a bit camera shy and this and that, but Bailey Smith isn't afraid to be himself. And I think that shows in the way he plays footy as well, whether it's his celebrations. He did another NBA one on the weekend. I don't know if you saw that, the Carmelo Anthony. I did say that, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he did another one on the weekend. So he just, he's, he's not afraid to be himself and, you know, show the things that he enjoys. And it, it shows in his footy, it reflects. Yeah, got a lot of confidence, um, which I think can be mistaken for arrogance, but I've. I think from from the interviews he does, he's he's definitely more of a confidence person than than arrogance. I think. Oh, absolutely. He's, he sounds humble when he speaks. He just yep. sounds really grateful for things. Yeah. Um, which I think is the way that football is going to turn because a lot of more the mindfulness training that all the players are getting these days, I think they're starting to see football as an opportunity and something to be grateful for rather than something that they expect. If that makes sense. So yep. you're going to start seeing that a lot more from these younger guys. But Bailey Smith just exemplifies that. Yeah, for sure. Before we get back to our regular scheduled programming. I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Capital Edge. Capital Edge is a boutique company set up to help you build a property portfolio quickly and effectively whilst minimising any direct out-of-pocket costs. They implement strategies to help reduce your payable tax and avoid the common pitfalls of property investment. The simple difference with Capital Edge is that with any investment you make, it's all about you. Capital Edge, educating clients to make informed property choices using research-based processes. And last but not least... Gavos Freight Solutions, GFS. We recommend GFS due to their expert advice in all facets of international air and sea freight forwarding, including consolidation logistics, personal effects, as well as in-house customs clearance brokerage. Better than the rest, the team at GFS has a combined experience of over 40 years in the industry and is led by Peter Gavos, an accredited customs and quarantine broker. So if you're in the need for professional importing or exporting, be sure to get in contact with Peter and the team at www.gfs.net.au. That's www.gfs.net.au. All right. What about Geelong? I mean, we spoke about Port Adelaide before. These, they were just as bad, if not worse. They were doo-doo. They were, <laughs> for lack of a better term, they were, they were shocking. And, I mean, you asked me before where we're to from Port. Where, I'm going to ask you the same mm. question, but where to for Geelong? Their, their list, as we know, they have about 11 players or so that are over 30. or I think that's the number. Where to from here for Geelong? Well, over the weekend, there was a lot of talk about them having to start again. A lot of these old players, um, obviously towards the end. And then they've got a lot of young players that just aren't getting a crack and they're going to want 
opportunities elsewhere. So if they don't win a flag with the list that they've got now, it's it's a failure and they're going to have some serious list management issues if a lot of these young players leave or don't develop because they just haven't had any opportunities. So they're at a really interesting point. I think they'll probably have one more crack at it, which they should because they've got such high-end talent and that experience there. But, yeah, I think if they don't get close next year, then that's it. Then I think the rebuild for Geelong, I think regardless, even if they do win a premiership, regardless, their rebuild is going to be tough and long because just simply because they just have not many young players in their team coming through. We've talked about how good they've been at keeping their list rejuvenated over the last 10, 15 years, whatever it's been now. But I think, like you said, it's going to be a real hard one, this one, because they haven't made that effort to bring these young guys in. There's, there's so many of them that aren't getting consistent games that would at other clubs, and they're going to explore those options, like you said. Um, they're not going to hang around. And then I don't even know if they'll give it a good shake next year. And the only reason I say that is because... I saw games this year where they did look a bit tired. They looked a little bit slow. Um, I think they've still got the talent for sure. But these older bodies have gone deep into September again this year. Are they going to be able to hold up on a, a slightly shortened preseason from other clubs? And then, you know, you head straight back into another big season of football. I don't know if their bodies are going to be able to handle it. And that's not a criticism on the players because it's just purely, you know, it's almost facts just when you look at their age and how they're going. So... I don't know if they'll give it another shake. I mean, I think they will because of their experience, but it wouldn't surprise me if they fell out of the eight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, next year is is the year for them. They either win, go all out for the premiership, or they fall off a cliff, which a lot of people are expecting them to. So, I don't know. I think I don't think they're going to have any retirees this year, which means they should have one more crack at it next year. But they need to start putting some games into the youngsters or at least trading in some young players into their team because they don't have a lot of good draft picks either. Um, they traded them all away for you know, Tim Kelly and, and players like that, Jeremy Cameron. So um, they're in a bit of trouble uh, development-wise, but, um, I mean, yeah, I think, if, as I said, if they win the Premiership next year, they're still going to have the same issue. So whether they cut ties, start now and rebuild on the run, like other teams do, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting 2022 for him. How, how much do you look into what Joel Salwood said after the game when he's, I'm sure you've heard the comments where he said, um, I'd rather play for a club that fights tooth and nail to keep going. I don't want to start again. Hmm. I mean, obviously Joel Salwood's not going to come out and say, yeah, look, we're starting again next year from, you know, from zero and I'll hang him up. Tom will hang him up. Obviously he's not going to come out and say that, but do you read much into that? Do you think Geelong will... I mean, I think they'll, they'll go again, purely because, like you said, I don't see anyone retiring. Um, and I can't imagine them pushing blokes out of the side. I mean, I, the only one I can see retiring is probably Sean Higgins. He was a medical mm. sub. He came to the club to help him win a flag, and he was medical sub the last half of the year. So I'd probably see him hanging them up. Um, but, yeah, do, do you reckon they'll give it another crack? Yeah, I think they'll go one more time. They have to. Um, you know, they've got Dangerfield. They've got Salwood Hawkins. Like they're, they're all still there, and they're obviously still there to win a flag. So I think they'll have one more crack at it. If it doesn't come off, then they, ha- they absolutely have to start again, I think, because then they're all 34, 35, 36. Like, that's just getting ridiculous, isn't it? It's starting to push it. And, I mean, yeah. who do you, what young players do you keep out? Like, how yeah. you, You're going to have to start again eventually. And, look, you know what? If I was a Geelong fan, I wouldn't even be disappointed. I'd almost be excited for the opportunity to start again and rebuild. They've been so good for so long now. I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember vividly a Geelong not being good. I mean, what, since 2000 and... 
six. Mm. 2007, they won that 07 flag, obviously. But even before that, they win prelims and semis. So th- they've been a good side for a oh, long yeah. time. So they've been they're absolutely the, probably the most successful team, really. And, t- and like premierships aside, just consistency over a long period of time is something to be envious of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when if you told me back when I was watching, you know, Paul Chapman, Corey Enright and all those guys in grand finals in 2007, that in 2021, they'd be playing in a prelim and not have tapered off in between that time, mm. I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have believed you. So, all testament, you know, credit to them. They've been fantastic. But I think that, yeah, they're nearing that time now where it's sort of time to start from scratch. Yeah. Um, I just realised I um, <laughs> said that, t- that they traded um, picks to get Tim Kelly, but they traded away Tim Kelly and got picks in. For but Jeremy then, Cameron. But then they used those picks to get Jeremy Cameron. That is what I meant. I didn't. I didn't I, that went over my head. Yeah, didn't well, even know she could have gotten away with it. Yeah, I just thought then. I was like, I just said that they traded in Tim Kelly, but no, they didn't. They traded no, they him. They traded out. him. Yes. Out. So and rightfully so, I think as well. That he wanted to go. There's no point keeping a bloke that doesn't no, want to be there. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I think the Cats one more year, and um, but yeah, they were, they were disgusting on Friday nights. Um, that is the prelims. There was only yeah. I was obviously there's only two games. So it's just a quick little review. Um, we'll obviously preview the grand final next week um, with the week off this week. It's uh, it's all very new to all of us. Um, but what is on this weekend, and that is the Brownlow medal. It's on Sunday night, not a Monday night like it usually is. Um, I think it's being held in Perth as well. So, um, yeah, very similar to last year where it's going to be a, like a predominantly virtual event. Um, who's your tip? It's a tough one. It's a really tough one. Um I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go Petrarca. And I'm only going Petrarca because, I, I don't know, I, f- I feel like Melbourne just have that fairy tale about them this year. A bit like in 2017 when Richmond won it and Dusty won the Brown. Mm-hmm. I just have a feeling something similar is going to pan out. And it could be, oh, look, it could be a handful of blokes, but I'm going to go Petrarca. I think it's going to be a pretty close count though, regardless. Um, I think the biggest thing I want to see out of the Brown though is that someone actually hands it to the player rather than the player have to pick it up off a podium and present themselves yeah. to the brand. That's the only thing I want to see out of anything. But uh, who's your tip? Well, I'm going to stay true to the pressure point MVP and I'm going to back in Ollie Wines, back in our voting. I think he'll get the job done. Despite how good he's been, I still think he is going in slightly the underdog. Um, is he, I wouldn't say heavily Is he favourite in sports betting? I haven't checked sports bet. Sports betting. I mean, sports bet. That's I knew what you meant. See, I yeah. corrected you that time Jeez. myself. I picked up on Having that Having a one. bit of a mare tonight, aren't I? Absolutely. Uh, I actually haven't checked, so I could be eating my words there by saying that he's a bit of an underdog. I think he's, in terms of like what people are expecting, I think he's an underdog, but I think sports bet have him as, as the favourite last time I checked. Just just checked. I don't bet, so I just I just have a look sometimes. Just see what's going on. Well, yeah. I'm having a look now. See if I can find something while we're talking. Let's just keep the conversation yeah, going. Well, yes, he is the favourite. You're correct. So Oli Wines on three dollars and Bonton Pally second on three seventy five. There you go. And uh, Christian Petrarca is all the way down in uh, fifth spot under Jack Steele. So there you go. Where's Sam Walsh at? Uh, not eligible. <laughs> no, he's just behind uh, Petrarca. So yeah. it goes. Uh, I read those out. It's got Oli Wines, Bonton Pally, Clayton Oliver, Jack Steele, Petrarca, Matthew Richardson, and Sam Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give Good him one. a smoky. Richo's back. He's back, baby. <laughs> Actually, I want to ask you this because I had this debate on the weekend. And this is completely off the run sheet. You're not expecting this question for those wondering whether we talk about it or not. But I was having a chat on the weekend when going for my leisurely stroll. And I said, if Richmond 
if I was guaranteed for if Richo, just say Richo came back and played one more year of Richmond next year, right? And somehow you could guarantee that he wouldn't be dog shit. Like he wouldn't play like a 38-year-old man, however old he is. He'd play like he was still pretty good. But Richmond also were guaranteed to finish last in the ladder. Would I take that just to see Richo play one more time? And I said yes. No. I said yes. To give me give me one no. more year of seeing Richo play at his prime. I don't know. Alongside Dusty and I don't, I said yes. I mean it's maybe it's but because you'd be I've, garbage because you finished last. Well that's the thing. I know, but it's I don't know, it's the nostalgia's taken over me. If you could see Anthony Kudafidis play in his prime, he, his ability was back to his prime, like picture ninety nine prelim prime, and he's playing along Crips, Walsh, all those guys, but you do finish last. No, for no, nostalgia no, reasons. Absolutely not, because I've I've had enough of us finishing <laughs> last and shit. Fair so. enough. Maybe it's easier for my yeah, point of view. Nah, I'm not. Look, I think if it really came down to it, I'd probably say no. But I'm, it's it'd be a bloody tough one for me just to see, you know, my idol that you know, I think he retired probably one or two years earlier than he would have if it wasn't for some injuries. Um, I'd love to see him just one more year, give it a real shake. But I know it won't happen, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I like it though. Good question. Great, uh, great debate that one. Um, I might have to ask a few people about that question. Well, if it was your childhood hero, mm. would you see them come back in yeah, their prime? Maybe, maybe the listeners will get will get them to uh to answer it for us. Absolutely, chuck so up your answers on our on our stories, and we'll uh we'll put the story out there yeah. so you can respond to it. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah, chuck your answers out up there. Let us know who your favourite player is and whether you'd you'd do that. Let them play for a game, but your team finishes last. I don't think a lot of people would do that, but we'll depends see. where you're on the ladder. You're the only weirdo so. around here. Well, I guess yeah. if you were just say you're a North Melbourne supporter. And you could see Wayne Carey come back. Well, you finished last this year. So you might say, oh, well, one more year and we get to see the King back at it. It depends where you are on the ladder, I feel, this year. If you're a, if you're a club that's expecting to play finals and, you know, expecting to succeed, then you, most people will say no. But if you're rebuilding and expecting to finish towards the bottom anyway, why not? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I see your point. You see my point? I see your point, but... I think everyone's answers are going to be different. Yeah. I'm looking at it purely from a nostalgic point of view and how good it would be to watch my childhood hero one more time, like one last hurrah, um, obviously with a disappointing result at the end of the season, but I don't know. It's an interesting one. I like it. It's a good little debate, but um, yeah, that just shows how much you love Richo. <laughs> don't, don't tell him, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is pretty much us done for this episode. Um, short and sharp, short week. Um, no footy this week but yeah as we said before the Brownlow was on so stay tuned for that um, hope your favourite player gets up whoever that may be And um, but yeah as we say every week make sure you leave us a review subscribe to us on iTunes Spotify YouTube wherever you listen to us make sure you review us um, that is what keeps the show going and speaking of Brownlow week make sure you all head back and check out our last episode with Brownlow medalist Shane Wawoden absolutely yeah for those that haven't listened to that episode yet. That was one of our more enjoyable episodes, listening to uh, a Brownlow medalist and getting his insight on, on Brownlow night and the experience there. So, um, yeah, good timing with the Brownlow coming up to give that a listen. I know a lot of the Melbourne supporters have already loved it and they're up and about with, with the grand final coming up. So, um, yeah, highly recommend that and share that episode around with your friends as well. But, yeah, that is that is us done. Enjoy the Brownlow. We'll uh, chat next week. Peace.